Building dreams on the Young Money Show, where entrepreneurial dreams become a reality. The biggest poison in us is regret. I think there are a lot of people that have dreams and aspirations of things that they always wanted to do, but it wasn't the right time, or they didn't have enough money, or they didn't have enough experience. It's never the right time. You're never going to have the right experience. And all of a sudden, you wake up and you're 70. And you're like, God, I wish I could have done it. It's what you don't do that screws with you later on. I get one shot at this life. This is it. And I don't want to go through life being the 80% version of me. I don't want to look back and be like 77 and be like, I didn't do that. There's so much I want to do, and I love life so much, I don't want to miss it. Hey, how are you doing, everybody? My name is Taku David, and you are tuned into a brand new episode of The Young Money Show on ZFM Stereo, where I'm talking to exciting people who are making a difference in our communities one day at a time through their efforts. Today, I'm joined by J.W. Oliver, a man who needs no introduction across the rest of the world. In Zimbabwe, he might be a bit new to you, but I'll let him explain what he does. Uh, slightly different from our usual shows because J-Dub isn't the youngest man in the room, but definitely young in the, young at heart. I'll let you decide for yourselves. So J-Dub, thank you so much for doing this. Hey, it's great to be here, Taku. It's uh, always a lot of fun. And I, I think we're the same age. I'm almost <laughs> positive. Uh, I, I'm almost 30 or something like that. So no, I, uh, I, I uh, enjoy be, being with young people. Uh, it makes me feel younger and more invigorated. So, so thanks for asking me to, to be here. And uh, it, it's a great honor to, to jump on here with you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, just for the, for the audience who doesn't know who J.W. Oliver is or who the amazing brand behind you is, Zimworks, please maybe just give us a bit of insight into who you are and what work you do with Zimworks in Zimbabwe. Well, I always say first, most important, I love Jesus. I, uh, I consider myself a, a, a strong Christian believer and, and, and love how God has uh, led my path and uh, affected my life as I move forward. Um, but um, got amazing wife of almost 30 years and two kids about your age. So uh, I'm, I'm familiar. I shouldn't say kids, right? Adult children. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so I've been in the I've been in a number of different businesses. I'm, I'm still actively involved in a, in a few different organizations, but my uh, the one that's most passionate about is Zimworks. Uh, I'm the managing partner with, with Zimworks. We started in uh, 2017, or 16 officially. 17 is when we really got kind of rolling. And uh, now we've grown to, um, uh, to, to somewhat of an impactful organization. I think we've got a lot a lot happening and we're, we, we kind of operate in a different perspective, but our goal, Taku, is, is really our mission statement is, is called making a, uh, a commitment to excellence while making a global impact for the kingdom. And so we really live by those core values and our, our, our main brunt of our company is providing resources to uh, U.S., Canadian, Australian-based, U.K.-based businesses where we provide them with what we know is exceptional resources, that being the human capital resource that they're in Zimbabwe, uh, to allow them to work in other areas outside of Zimbabwe and, and, and make an impact for, for other companies and also make an impact for um, uh, themselves as well. That's that's very exciting. And, and for me, sitting here as a Zimbabwean, 
I think um, what we would like to know is how does a, a man from Bonnie Homes, USA, find himself working in Zimbabwe? I think um, what is particularly unique about the Zimbabwean human capital that you thought it would be better to invest in this project in Zimbabwe rather than in India, where that's typically typically done? Yeah, it's an interesting story. Uh, you know, I, I, I met my partner at a Christian conference in Curacao back in 2015. And look, I'd never been to Africa at that point. And uh, when, when we got together later with our families and he was like, you know, we have this amazing people in Zimbabwe. They just need jobs. They're, they're ready to go to work. They're hungry. I was like, well, OK, you know, this is something I can kind of tinker with. Right. You didn't think it's going to turn into anything major, but you thought, yeah, let's see if we can do that. And so once we realized uh, the value that they offered, I actually used some in my, my, my uh, I have had a medical imaging company. I used, started using a few people and I, I said, wow, this really works. They're, they're bright, they're, they're sharp, they're passionate, they're dedicated, they really want to work, they want to make a difference. And so we really grew from there. Two people in, in my office, a company called Global Imaging, and that, that company began to take advantage of those resources and, and we started to grow. Um, so that was why we're in Zimbabwe and not somewhere else. You know, we weren't saying, hey, let's get into the BPO outsourcing remote services business and let's pick a country. Um, it was it was a God driven initiative to get together and then, and then create this uh, amazing group of people that we now have. Um, but there's a huge advantage, right? I mean, we're and, and look, Zimbabwe is growing towards a, uh, an, an economy that, that kind of can cater to that BPO uh, outsourcing. We don't even like the word BPO because that's really not what we are. We consider ourselves a, a remote virtual uh, outsourcing company. We call it insourcing because we believe they become part of your team. And we don't look at our team members as some kind of a, 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 a remote offshore uh, resource. We, we tell our clients that these team members become part of your organization and they have to become part of your culture, part of your team, uh, get, get really in, ingrained into your organization so that you can build that win-win-win, we call it, uh, philosophy. But the, the, the reasoning is, is amazing why they're growing. It's pretty evident. I mean, sitting here speaking to you, you know, you have a beautiful little English accent that uh, we, we call the Queen's English. Some people say we should change that to the Kings now, but I'm going to stick with Queen's English. Um, and and so you've got this amazing um, accent. You've got amazing speaking, the great command of the English language. But, you know, you do the research, 54 countries in Africa and, and Zimbabwe ranks in the top one or two with, with university education, literacy rates. And so those are some of the uh, you know, whether you, uh, whatever opinions you have about the, 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 the previous government, the one thing they did was they instilled education, which in a long cycle is starting to have a major effect. So you have educated, passionate, uh, committed uh, individuals who, who want to work and make a difference. You, you know, um, one of the things that Zimbabwe um, suffers from is really the international image or the international opinion of Zimbabwe. And usually it's from people who haven't traveled here or who aren't as traveled. So have you taken into consideration the effect that your work with ZimWorks, um, you know, having Zimbabwean talent and Zimbabwean skills actually participate in a US economy? Have you taken into account what um, your work with ZimWorks um, is doing with regards to the perception of Zimbabwean skills and Zimbabwean talent internationally? 
Yeah, you know, I uh, <clears throat> I never thought that was, <laughs> never did I originally imagine that that was going to be one of the effects of the company, but um, I was actually at uh, an event, uh, well, you were there, uh, actually an event uh, at the AmCha American Chamber of Commerce in Zimbabwe, and, and somebody introduced me to uh, another person said, oh yeah, he's the, the, the largest U.S.-based employer in Zimbabwe, and I, I kind of, you know, it kind of shocked me because I hadn't heard that before, and I don't really go by a lot of numbers, I just think you, you know, you stay in your lane and, and do what you can, but you're right, um, there is this perception, I call it ignorance, really, uh, that, that people have about other countries. Most people that have an opinion about, you know, whether it's Mexico from here, from our perspective, whether it's Mexico, Central America, uh, Africa, uh, you know, there's this, there's this perception that there's low education, that there's no facilities, that, you know, there's not an opportunity, et cetera. And that's just wrong. And then of course you add the complexity with, with Zimbabwe's past history and, and uh, the Zadera Act and some of the sanctions, but those, you know, you didn't get here, Zimbabwe didn't get here in, in, in a year, right? It was a slow evolution of time from independence and, and it, it's not going to get out of there quick either. And that's true in any country. So you're, you're right. There is a, there is a slow movement to uh, change the image, change the culture, change the perception of what's going on in Zimbabwe. And I'll also say this. I think people want, look, I talked to a lot of people from Zimbabwe here in the U.S. And, and then there. People want to live back in Zim, right? They 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 really want to go back, but they need jobs, right? You got to have economic opportunity. You got to have jobs. There's got to be infrastructure. So the nice thing about it is there is a sense of nationalism within uh, the, the, the people of Zimbabwe. And I think there is a great desire to move back and to make Zimbabwe what it once was. And that's great again. And I think it's moving in that direction, to be quite honest with you. It, it's definitely moving in the right direction. That, thank you. You know, that just actually leads to my next question, which is in line with, you know, the your, your view on the future of your business, as well as, you know, in, in Zimbabwe, what we really suffered from over, over the past 20 years is an amazing brain drain. You know, when it comes to teachers, doctors, nurses, you know, all of our best talent is up and leaving the country. Now, yeah. with, with ZimWorks, you know, our best talent is still in the country, but the services are employed in another geographical location. Um, how can we get to a point whereby Zimbabweans, Zimbabwean skills, Zimbabwean talent is actually being used to improve the livelihoods and the, the economy and the gross domestic output of, of the country locally? How do we, how do we get there? Yeah, look again. I think that's a that's a that's a slow moving process, but it's it's evident by me that the creation of the jobs that 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 we've made, the small impact we've made there, is is starting to give people some hope. You know, I always say, young people, and look, this is the, this is not Zen. This is in the U.S. This is in every country I've ever been to. Spent some time in Central America, and and look, young people like yourself and younger. You know, what do they want? They would like stable internet, they would like to go to a Starbucks or a, a, a nice coffee house and get a get a nice cup of coffee. Uh, they would like uh, consistent power. So they're, they're not really asking for, hey, bring me all this high-end stuff. They're just asking for some consistency, right? And just some things that kind of keep them in contact, some things that they really desire. So it's gonna take a, a massive amount of, of uh, government effort, but it's also gonna take a mindset change. Um, 
if we get stuck into the mode of, because look, we can do that here. I'm, I'm not particularly overwhelmed by our current government administration, but I always say, look, he's our president and he's Mr. President. And so regardless of what side of the fence you come on, I think there has to be this sense of nationalism where you pull your communities, you pull your government, you pull your people together and they they get behind a common cause because you can use excuses all you want, right? You can continue to say, well, I can't do anything. You know, there's government corruption and there's this and there's that. And But at some point you got to do something, right? You got to quit just talking and making excuses. I always say everybody's got an excuse. Most of them don't have a good one. And at some point you just need to, you know, uh, we, we only control ourselves, right? We only have the ability to change our own actions. And so uh, the country needs to come together and really become behind a common cause. Cause you're right. It's, it, this happens in countries all over the world. I've spent a lot of time in Haiti and, and, and that country was really gutted um, by the fact that all of their educated, educated um, uh, citizens, all of the people of the community, they left, right? The doctors, the lawyers, the people with a lot of resources, they just left. But I think you're seeing that that's not changing there, uh, unfortunate, but in, in Zim, it is changing. And I think people are, are seeing what's happening. Look at the build, look at the, the whole building there. Yeah. Uh, crazy the number of new homes and people investing in new homes. I think that's a, that's a very, you don't see that in, in places that are continuing to, to spiral downhill. You see people who are, who are saying, well, where do I put my money? You know, we got a, right? You got a, you got an unstable uh, dollar valuation or currency. So well, where, do I, where do I put it? I, I put it in uh, uh, property. Property, real estate's always a good place to have it. So I think you're seeing that, which to me is the, 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 the cornerstone or the bedrock to starting to build the community back uh, is, is gonna be those, the trust, the confidence, building up the uh, infrastructure, which that's got to be evident, right? You know, uh, I, I, uh, you know, there's nobody loves the potholes. We have to steer around in, in uh, most of Harare, right? But um, that's got to improve. And I think once once that starts to improve, uh, I think it's on the way. And I believe it's on the way. I, I believe that uh, there's been significant change in the last five years, and I think you'll continue to see that as well. That's positive to hear. You know, coming from a foreign in, uh, investor in the local market. And just to expand on what you're already saying, um, I understand you, you you feel that we are doing well and there, there are some positives. What else can we do to make Zimbabwe a more attractive investment for, I mean, do, um, destination for foreign investment and people like yourselves? Yeah, I think there is a lot going on. I, I, I'll, I'll mention the American Chamber of Commerce. And if you're if you're a young business owner or, or you're a, a, a business owner, or a large business owner, you need to become a part of that. Um, uh, I was a group of, 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 of business owners that, that helped found that uh, with the help of uh, Richard Griffith. And, and so that, that group has really come together. It's very strong. It's got a lot of um, really good leaders and, and people who represent different segments from, from banking to uh, natural resources. And, and I think that is the first step because um, it does give a cohesive group of people that are that are really tooting their horn about you need to come here with foreign investment and that that's probably number one because I've already had a I've already spoken to a number of, of, of uh, companies that are looking to go to uh, Zim to open up and they they've actually called and said hey tell me how you navigate tell me tell me what your opinion is tell me what this is so that's probably number one is you need look. Uh, what what did Ronald Ronald Reagan, who was one of my favorite presidents, uh, uh, said? Uh, 
people are always looking to the government for solutions, but they're the problem. And so it doesn't change in, in any any country. We have to quit blaming things. We have to quit saying, well, because of this. You know, that that's the reason people don't succeed in life is they're always blaming their circumstances. So at some point you have to take command of your own actions and decide you're gonna do something. You're gonna open a business. You're gonna get, you're gonna get started. Uh, I hear it all the time. Ooh, I bet you have a really hard time doing business in Zimbabwe. I'm like, not really. Um, you know, I try to I try to work with people. I I, I try to make things right. I, I, we we stay out of the corruption. We 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 try to uh, uh, operate in a in a noble fashion, and we try to give people good. We don't we don't make everybody happy. I'm, we got 800 employees. I'm sure you can go out there and find many that would uh, not have good things to say. But that's okay. You know, we're not trying to please everybody. We're we're trying to move an organization forward. So. To, to answer your question, I'm sorry to kind of beat around that, but I, I really believe it starts with organizations like the American Chamber of Commerce and Zimbabwe, business owners, small business owners, et cetera, uh, getting involved with that. You've been to some of those events. That's, that's where we've met. And you could probably speak the same. Those are those are great networking events. And that's starting to attract people who uh, want to come for manufacturing, not just you know, it can't be centered around, hey, there's another diamond mine operator, another natural resource, right? It's starting to center around, uh, hey, how do I how do I bring oil and gas industry to here or gas industry to here? How do I uh, improve the tourism, as an example? Man, you know, I've been to Zimbabwe 20 plus times. I still have visited so few places, right? I mean, I was yeah. telling, I think I was telling you or somebody, I was like, I haven't been to uh, Nyanga and up to the Eastern Highlands. I'm like, oh, everybody's like, oh, you can't believe you haven't been there. And so there's so much that Zimbabwe has to offer if you just looked at the tourism sector, right? Yeah. Just take that. I mean, Vic Falls is growing. Uh, everybody knows where Victoria Falls is, right? It's one of the seven wonders of the world and people want to go there, but there's so much more, right? Uh, even Harare is a very beautiful city. There's lots to see there. Um, and then you can go to, to the north, you can go to the east. There's, there's just a lot to do. So I think it's going to center around not just one thing, Taku. I think it's going to center around the tourism industry, uh, the, the, the improvement of the, the natural resources um, and and all sorts of, of other ancillary businesses, nice coffee shops, nice restaurants. All of that helps to grow the economy in a positive and keeps people there too. Yeah, and I think, you know, we really need innovative people like yourself. You know, you've been able to come through with, you know, an innovative solution yourself and your, your partner, Ken Shop. You know, you've been able to come with an innovative solution to create jobs in Zimbabwe, well-paying jobs in Zimbabwe. I understand it's probably not as, as much as paid in the US, but in Zimbabwe, it's a very, very healthy, you know, healthy paying salary. So when it comes to innovation, you know, there's something that I've always... I've always sort of uh, thought when it comes to, to the form of education we have here and the form of education that you have in the US, uh, whereby I, I feel that our traditional form of education teaches you what to think and makes you a very, very good employee, a brilliant employee. Whereas um, the forms of education in the US seem to teach you how to think, which, you know, fosters an environment that uh, facilitates for innovation. What do we do here locally in Zimbabwe to create an innovative space? And more importantly, to reward innovation. Because I feel that innovation in Zimbabwe is not aptly rewarded, hence 
I am not incentivized to go and invent the next helicopter because I'm going to spend 10 years of my life languishing in poverty and not really get anything to 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 pay for my work. Look, I don't I would probably disagree and say there's not much difference in the education structure uh in the US versus really anywhere, well not anywhere but in Zim and you know there's this traditional four or five year degree you get a focus on computer science or business administration or whatever. And, and we do the same, you know, <laughs> there's an old saying here that um, if, if you, uh, th those who can't do teach, which is a kind of a kind of saying, well, those that can't be successful in business, they go be a professor at a university, you know, and I, yeah. uh, there, there may be some truth to that, but I don't think that's what, look, that's not what has made America what it is today. Um, it's, it's, it's the, the innovation comes from one simple aspect. That's capitalism. You know, it's, it's limited government intervention. That's, that's why we went through the, you know, throwing tea into the Boston Harbor. And we were, tr we were trying to say, look, we don't want to be run by the government. We want to be an independent organization Now we've slowly evolved into more government controls. And I think that's, that, that goes the wrong direction. So it's the same with Zimbabwe you need to foster capitalism and that's encouraging people to start businesses. You know, in the US, I can I can literally start a company in one day. And I mean, one day I can, I can uh, call it two days. I could, I could have my charter for my organization. Uh, I could walk into the bank, open a bank account and I'm in business. Now that doesn't mean I'm gonna be successful, but, but I'm in business and so, there's limited restraint to be able to, you know, for the path to become an entrepreneur, to, to open up a business. And so you need those types of things. And so any country needs to evolve to where there is that limited amount. I'll, I'll speak to the education piece. And, and I'm seeing this trend in, in places like Central America. We have, you know, we have an office in Costa Rica for our Spanish speaking, a smaller office, but we're starting to see, um, there's some people in those areas that are doing something quite unique. They're offering certificate programs. So it's it's somewhere between a six month and a 12 month program where they're really focused on the skill set that's going to get them a job, right? Whether it's software development, whether it's learning uh, AI, whether it's some kind of a, uh, a unique, let's say, uh, a big company, Amazon or somebody says, look, we need developers in this specific skill or AWS or something needs needs uh, developers in this specific skill set. They teach this certificate program where they become well versed into that. And I think those are things that quickly change uh, the country. Look, right now you have, I mean, one of the things we pride ourselves on, I, I think we've got like 95% of our team members have uh, university education, university degrees, right? But that doesn't give you a job. Mm. It may give you the, 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 I always say it gives you the ability to learn or the ability to learn to learn. But we need to start focusing on uh, specific skill sets that can cater to certain markets because there are certain markets that are growing faster than others. And, and I know we talked a little bit about AI. AI is not a solution. AI to me is a tool which companies can use. We, I've written a few articles and, and talked to people in our industry saying, I think our business is gonna grow because of AI, because AI is not a 100% foolproof method, right? It just, it just isn't in most industries, especially in some of the things we do in the, in the medical space. It's a tool which could have you become more efficient, but it still needs supported and managed and monitored by, by human capital. 
And so I think there's an opportunity to, to, to train people in certain areas where they can grow in that. So combination of, of capitalism, uh, you know, free, free restraint uh, from, from uh, uh, to grow and to get into business. I think that the entry into the business needs to be quicker. And, and then I think training people and developing them into models where they're going to be successful, whether that's software development, uh, AI technology, you know, you got chat GBT down, what, you know, what, what can you uh, direct people to be able to, and look, the world's changing. I just, I read an article, uh, we actually have Starlink at a, a, a location in Colorado here. And uh, you know the the satellite internet and uh, that that uh, Elon Musk has, has uh, developed, it's fantastic, right? I mean, literally, you you plug it in and you've got fast internet, and so that's going to change quickly, right? I mean, there, there may be some 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 kickback from some people in very oh, lots of countries, probably the U.S. too. They don't want that because we want to uh, uh, disrupt their business. Yeah. But that's changing, right? You if you're there at your house and you need uh, full-time internet, you, you plug that in, pay a monthly fee and uh, solar power, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll charge up as well. So there's lots of things that are gonna make the entry into uh, capitalism. And, and look, we realize too, I wanna be clear too, a lot of what we do is, is, is also training people for their next job, right? We realize we are, uh, I mean, we've got some middle, we got some high end jobs as well. We've got some people with chartered accountants working for big companies. So there's some, there's, there's a range. I don't want to think we're all just this, uh, we're, we're not a, we're not a low end data entry, you know, that type of job. We, we are actually do a lot with, uh, human interaction from, we call it client facing because of the language. Um, but we also realize we're helping prepare people for their their next role. And and so we want to invest in people. We encourage it. We foster people. Hey, you got a business? Heck, we might invest in it. We we might we might help you get into it because we want people to to see the the big picture. I don't know. Have you met Peter at Peter at being no, I, I think Peter. you know. No. Okay. He's got an interesting business. They they go to a lot of the rural rural areas. Um and I can't say that word right. And and they've got a company called Be Uncommon, and he takes people who have the uh, proclivity, have the, the the ability to 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 learn technology, software development, et cetera. And he's got these technology hubs. I think he's got eight of them, uh, or I think seven of them in Harare, and one they just opened in Big Falls, where they're they're teaching people to to do this specific job, whether it's app development, software development, et cetera. So I think it's organizations like that that are teaching young people a skill set, and that's what's gonna—that's what's really gonna make a difference. Wow! Uh, while I still have you, I, we're quickly running out of time, unfortunately. I know you could talk for hours, JW. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. It, it, it's, it's that southern flavor, that southern flair, right? <laughs> while while I still have you, you know, we are in um, what they like to call the uh the third world i don't know what that's ever meant to be honest um and um what do you think can be applied from this part of the world and i think you also have business in costa rica that can be applied in the so-called first world yeah i i i don't and I, look i don't know how i don't know I, I never hear anybody say we're a second world country so i don't know i mean i don't know what, what those rankings are i don't know how they they and i don't even like the word third world i hear it said to me a lot i've used it too don't get me wrong um 
you know, I've been to a couple of places that I think are fourth world. And, and so, you know, I'm like, okay, what, is there another level? Cause I don't know what the different <laughs> levels are. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do think it is a, a slow evolution. I take Zambia as an, as an example, right? I mean, I take Rwanda. I was in Rwanda in, in January and I was like, oh, what, you know, 25 years ago, you were in the middle of genocide and now you're maybe one of the most prosperous, uh, developing uh, uh, kind of techno ed edge of technology driven countries. So 25 years, right? I mean, mm. so it's, it's changed. Um, I think to to develop that you really need well two things you you, you need uh, good government support and I think the government there is 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 changing and developing and doing great things and the, hopefully they'll continue to do those things and then I think secondly and most importantly it's your people your 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 people have to make a decision number one I'm going to stay. Number two, I'm going to endure. Number three, I'm going to invest and, and do some things in the country. So it's 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 guys like you. Um, it's going to be the 30, 30 year olds and below that really make the difference. Honestly, I, they're the ones that are going to they're going to have to commit. Is it going to be easy? No. But I'll tell you this. The reward will be great for those that put in the time and the effort to make a difference. It's going to be a struggle. You're right. Uh, but those that'll put in that effort to make a difference and then you'll come out of third world, you want to call it second world, whatever it is, and be that, that first tier country like Zimbabwe was right. And, and back to its glory and back to its greatness. So honestly, I, and I got to reiterate, I think it's on the right path. Are there going to be problems? Yeah. Heck we have problems here every day. You just open the newspaper, you know, open, read, read, listen, we've got our own set of problems. But I think it is on the right path. You have um, a lot of people who are investing in their own country. Ken Sharp, my, my partner, he's investing in, in, his, in the country. And you have lots of others who are saying, hey, let's, let's come together and, and let's make it work. So if I, was, if I was a business owner around the world and I was looking for a place to say, hey, I want to not only make a difference, but, but I want to leverage the human capital and I would like to be an entrepreneur and open a business it, it it would be zimbabwe because there's opportunity you don't go to you don't go to these first tier countries and and make an impact as easy because there's already a lot of people doing what you're yeah. doing right yeah so take a chance go to some places where you you feel like you can make an impact and uh, it may or may not be financially rewarding but it'll definitely be rewarding jw you are uh you're a human right so so i'd like to think <laughs> The robots haven't completely taken over. But, um, <laughs> what what really keeps you going? You know, I think ultimately, when when someone is working and is achieving as as much success as you are, you know, there has to be something that motivates you more than money. And um, what what would you say gets keeps you going? Gets you into the office early in the morning? Gets you on a Zoom call to Zimbabwe early in the morning as you as you're doing now? You know, it's it's funny. I, I uh, I'll address that, and then I'll, I'll I'll come back around to what gets me going. Um, if there's one thing I could 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 ever instill upon my children and and, uh, and 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 young people, it's to get up and get started. You know, I'm I never I get up between four thirty and five o'clock every morning. I, I've done that for years now. Uh, it gives me time to prepare myself. It, it gives me time to to get into the scripture, get in the word. 
uh, get my prayer time in, and and that just sets the tone for the rest of the day, right? Because as you can imagine, when I get up at 4.30 or 5, Zimbabwe is already in full gear, right? I've, I've got WhatsApp messages and emails and whatnot, but I, I, I'm not fully going, so I take that time and, and get my head prepared and get myself in the right frame of mind. Um, I've never been driven by money. I, I'll make that clear. I mean, I, I have never been driven. Do I want to have money? Sure, that's human nature, right? Everybody wants nice things and be able to travel and, and, and do those things. But the, probably the biggest problem I see is most young people want that to happen like today, right? Hey, I'm 28 years old. Man, I want to be worth a million dollars next year. And it's like, uh, that's probably not going to happen, right? And it, and it, and it didn't, didn't happen with me. Um, but I, but you, you become, your, my passion is people. I, I, it's in my bio. I say it a lot. I just love to see people smile. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a little bit of a, a jokester. I use a lot of sarcasm, but I like to have a lot of fun and like to encourage people. So when, when I walk away from a meeting with you or I walk away meeting somebody new and wherever I'm at, you know, I, I just hope they smile and say, Hey, that's, that's a nice guy. Or, or, well, that was an encouraging, you know, I, I love Ephesians four twenty nine. let no one host some talk come out of your mouth, but only that which builds others up. And, and I think that's what we need to do as people, you, me, everybody, we need to, we need to, uh, we need to breathe life and, and positive affirmation into people around us that lifts them up. Cause I can say to you, you know, well, I can't see you right now, but if I said, hey, Taku, those are nice shoes you have on, or man, you look really nice today, or hey, I see a woman and say, well, I really like the way your hair looks, and you truly mean it. It's just those little things that make a difference. But my passion, honestly, to answer your question in, a, in, a, in too long of an answer, but my passion truly is just people, and, and seeing people improve a little bit by a little bit, see them put a smile on their face and just encourage them to be the very best they can be. And read, I tell people, read, turn your phones off, turn your Twitter off, turn your social media off, get a book. I, I keep, I could show you my desk. I'm, I'm gonna try to instill a phone thing. I keep books on my desk, you know, Divine yeah. Interaction. Uh, there's Good to Great. The great there's amazing. Types of yeah. working geniuses. Yeah, don't, don't, don't think that people just become great leaders because they were born. People become great leaders because they spend time in becoming great leaders, you know? Yeah. So if you, if you want to make a difference, turn off your phones, get a book, read, encourage somebody, go to AmCham meetings and, and figure out what's going on, man. If you're a young Zimbabwean, get involved in those types of groups, civic organizations that are making a difference. And, and that's, then you'll find your passion. I mean, you know, look, I could talk with you for three hours about stuff like this because I'm passionate about it. I'm not doing it because I'm trying to be on a show. I got plenty of things to do today, but I'm passionate about seeing people um, improve, make a difference, come to know Jesus, and, and most importantly, just walk away saying, man, I can do this, I can do this. So I'm passionate about people, the money, all that, it'll follow. Typically, not always guaranteed, but if you're chasing money, you'll probably fail. So I, I think that's the last thing you want to you want to chase. Chase success. Uh, try to make a difference, uh, and I think that'll make the difference in your life too. Wow, J.W. Oliver, thank you so much for coming on the program today. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a very busy man, very important man, and you giving us the time as the youth of Zimbabwe to 
share your insights with us is really, really honorable and uh, we can truly see your love for people there. Uh, JW, before you go out, where can we reach out to you? You know, if someone wants to um, follow your content, uh, listen to your words of wisdom, see what you're up to, where can we find you? Uh, you can, if, if, if you want company information, Zimworks, Z-I-M-W-O-R-X.com. Uh, my personal is just jwoliver.com. You can go to my website. I've, you can connect with me on LinkedIn from there if you want to. I, I get a lot of messages from young people in, in, in Zim. I'm happy to connect. Uh, um, I get asked for a lot of things. Don't ask me for money. I probably won't give you money if I don't know you, but I get a lot of that. But, but, I, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to connect and, and, and get involved. We've, we've got a new group that we're starting up at Zimbabweans Abroad. And we're trying to tap into those business leaders uh, that are abroad. So we've, we've got a LinkedIn group that we're, we're starting to promote there. So, yeah, go to jwoliver.com. I've got some blogs on there, um, uh, short ones. They're, they're quick, easy to read. They read them in about two minutes most of the time. I had one yesterday. They're, they're very easy. So uh, love to connect with people, love to know more about. And and look, if, if you're young and you're and you want to get started, uh, you can go to zimworks.com. Uh, go to zimbojobs.com is our local Zimbo, Z-I-M-B-O, jobs.com. Apply. We'd, we'd love to get your CV on file and, and see if we can help you find a place as well. Thank you so much, JW. I'm Taku Dave, and this is the Young Money Show. Where we are changing the narrative and shifting the perspective of what you think about Africa and what we believe in about ourselves, shaping the future we want to live in one day at a time. Thank you so much. I'm out. Thanks a lot, JW. Really appreciate that, my man. See you.